Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Me and Frank the Tank are rocking the mic. We're about to talk about target panic, shot anticipation, make wait, what makes you black out when animals are in front of you, things like that. We'd like to say head that shaves. Head head. Well, obviously, I blacked out too much. Um, Use the same razor for the whole everything, the whole body. Do you still shave your whole <laughs> no, body? No, not till hunting season. Yeah, that's kind of a Dumb. question. Um, we're gonna have to edit that out. No, nah, um, we'll just keep it going. He means a happy question. <laughs> um, I shave my uh, yeah, I shave my body before hunting season. Armpits, legs, chest, the whole nine yards. Look like a, it. Plus, it makes it look bigger. So that's always oh, a bonus. Shit, yeah, small, <laughs> small victory. <laughs> no, I was gonna say small. Um, Small berries make the tree look bigger. That yeah. probably doesn't apply, I guess. Yeah. Unless well, you're taking and, a little bit of roidage. I mean, small brush around the, you know, the, the big tree makes it look bigger too. That <laughs> stubble is better. So, <laughs> but um, the uh, well, who's this? This podcast is brought to you by uh, Easton Hex Arrows, Gold Tip Pierce, Valkyrie Prime, and big ass titties. Spot Hog Archery. Mm, what are we missing? Alpha bow hunting, Rocky Mountain specialty gear, because they all pay us shit tons of money. No, I'm just kidding. None of us pay us, actually. Yeah. Otherwise, my 400 would be pimped out. It is pimped out, but that's because you don't pay rent. No, I'm just that's kidding. That's true. I don't pay a lot in rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I talked uh, a little bit um, with uh, Joel Turner this morning because we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, shot IQ or his thought process behind Shot anticipation. I'm not up on Joel's stuff as much as I should be. I watched a bunch of videos this morning. Um, but I, I understand some of the concept of what he talks about um, when you when you get into when he's trying to do a, the cold, controlled process shooting. Um, but really what it what it boils down to, um, you know, there's there's several forms of target panic. There's uh, just being lazy. There's all kinds of things that make up for a piss poor shot now some of that piss poor shot is just you're a piss poor shot right like loft loft yeah lack of fucking talent right some guys just suck at shooting yeah but some of those guys that suck at shooting are killers are killers yeah. right if we shot in a tournament tomorrow ryan avery brian broderick um not my harold farnbrook not first round draft picks not second round not third Probably like 20th round draft picks for a tournament, <laughs> right? But those three, uh, tons of fun, the ginger, and uh, what are we going to call Harold? White death. White death. <laughs> we're picking them first on a and, – and those are – we're talking traditional archery and, and um, as well as – I mean with Broderick, he's good at learning saying it. Same was with, uh, with Avery. But, um, you know, this isn't just with traditional or just with compound, also with a rifle. But I could take – pick three other guys that I would pick first round draft choice for shooting in a tournament that they might be 20th round shooting in animals. So there's going to be, okay, you need to, you need to get your things dialed in. Like, you know, you need to make sure you get arrows tuned, your form down, all of that. But then there's the mental portion, which is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to kind of just leave out. If you suck, you suck, do your best with what you got. The, the, the mental portion of when an animal's in front of you, you're shooting for money. Now, having saying that, Frank and I have never won world championships. We have killed a lot of stuff. But one of the good things about Frank being on here is Frank's killed a lot of stuff, just getting into the tournament thing really heavy. And your game has stepped up immensely in the last couple months, especially. Yeah, I've 
kind of just picked up the I shot the hinge off and on that you'd given me um, for a while there, and picked up a, a Scott anchor, which I really started liking. And then you, you ended up getting a few of them and letting me get those since you switched to full on trad mode. So I think a combination of shooting a hinge has helped my shooting. Um, I haven't been lately, but we were going to RMS gear quite often and, and shooting a five spot. Or I was shooting five spot. I think that helped. And then I was shooting just, a one spot. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag trad life. Oh, uh, and just. Uh, just talking with like you and and especially like you and Paul the other day, um, you'd mention just focusing, uh, focusing like you're shooting for you know shooting for ten thousand bucks every shot, and also um, Paul was talking about you know it's not you're not necessarily shooting against other people, you're always shooting against yourself, and then that, that I kind of started thinking about that like yeah man I you're either gonna get better or you're gonna get worse, you're probably not gonna stay the same, so you might as well just get better. Right, and I mean. When you talk about that, like the best thing you can possibly do is, is one, I think being competitive is great. But two, I think setting your own personal goal before the tournament, obviously you want to win now. But you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. And you get a head shave. But I think setting um, your own personal goals, let's say your personal goal, Frank, your personal goal to shoot a 200. Is yeah. that one yeah. of your goals? Yeah, I'd like to shoot a 400 for the full, full 40 eventually. For- Right. And so, you know, for, for me, like my goal shooting with against Luke, which I didn't meet, I was two points off of it. I wanted to shoot a 300 from the compound stakes out of 40 targets with the recurve. I didn't hit that goal, but, and I was happy with how I shot somewhat, but I mean, you know, that was my big thing was, was I wanted to beat Luke, but to shoot a 300 from the compound stakes is pretty good shooting. Okay. So with a shooting on an indoor round um, for a, a one spot, for example, with the, the recurve, I, I personally want to be above a 270 every time I shoot. And what I do when I don't have that is I analyze. And one thing that I told Frank, well, I've told him many times was, but the other day was- You got to tell me a lot. Well- Because I don't listen. Not very. You, you're getting better. Um, <laughs> is at the end of every tournament, guaranteed- you're going to look at your score and immediately you're going to reflect back and say, oh, man, if this five was an eight, if this eight was a 10, if this was this, I would have had. Well, break that down. That specific shot generally, in in my opinion, pissed poor judging aside, is a lack of control in your shot. It's you should have let down, uh, for example, or you peaked or you just screwed something up. Now, then that boils down to concentration. Um, if you had put the amount of concentration into that shot, would your five become an eight? Would your eight become a 10? Probably. Um, and that's one thing I was pestering you about. I'm like, dude, to break 400, most people, I mean, you look at guys like Levi and Gillingham and I mean, some of the other guys, that's a finite amount of people for, to shoot a, a mountain 3D course that's relatively tough to break 400 with no range finder is a tall order and your mental control has to be high. Now, you shot a one, what, 80? 189. 189 and a 183. 83, which is good shooting. I mean, that course is tough. A lot of terrain taken away, up and downhill, steep shots. Um, but how many shots did you have you would like to take back? I had about five, five or six probably. That you would, and how many of those were mental control? I think a lot of them, a few of them were rushed. It was windy and, you know, you could try to just squeeze one off where you could, you know, you, you get two minutes 
per target, take your time and um, reset, let down, you know, whatever you need to do. I think that was part of it for me, just rushing the shot. Well, and it was funny because I told you, you got two minutes. Use them if you need them. Yeah. And I remember Luke telling you to hurry and you're like, shut the fuck up. I got two minutes and I'm going <laughs> to use them. And and when you watch, not so much with the, I don't, I don't need to sit there and judge with the recurve so much, but when I was shooting um, compound a lot more um, seriously and if you watch guys that are shooting – when they get up to the stake, they're paying attention to that target. They're watching if guys shoot high, if they shoot low. Um, you know, like if you get five good shooters, four of them are high, um, there's a good idea you want to take some yardage off. That all has to do, in my opinion, with mental control as well. You're staying in the moment and you're controlling that moment. You're using everything you have and 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 and, 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 and taking that all together to perform a better shot. Now – when you start to get into target panic, which there's many forms of target panic, and I've had it once, some guys' target panic is so bad, the pin will not hit the target without them hitting the trigger. Full-on fucking Tomahawk missile, Pearl Harbor, bending the trigger, shooting, like just straight out. Other forms of target panic is your your pins hanging below the dot. Cannot get that pin, which is super common. Um, yeah, it happens I had that, with you. I had that going on earlier this year. Yep. Cannot get the pin above the dot, almost to where you're sighting in two yards off or a yard off. You're, you're, and it's not much below the dot, but that fucking dot, that pin ain't getting in the dot yeah. for the life of you. Um, and there, there's plenty more other issues than that. So when you talk about how to control that, um, and this is – I'm not going to get into the rifle with so much because we don't – I mean – we're not shooting competitive. We just shoot shit with a rifle, right? I mean, we just, it's, it's yeah, easier. Coyotes, man. You got to shoot them does. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have a – I'm not recoil sensitive. I, I, I've i got good trigger control, good breathing. Frank, you're the same way. It's easier with a rifle. But what takes someone – some of the things that I've heard like what Joel talk about is is um, the bow going off, the recoil or or whatever – is a problem. And that may be with some people. That's where the target panic comes in of that that bracing for that shot. In my case and yours, that would make a shit of difference to yeah. me. It's almost hard to believe that for a bow at least, you know, because that, I, I mean, personally, just thinking about it, I don't know about that. I've seen it a lot with rifle. Like uh, I had a buddy I went hunting with a few years ago, big old buff some bitch, works out a ton, um, just a big burly dude I went to high school with and we went we went whitetail hunting he had a tag and I just went with him and uh he missed like fucking like 10 10 deer dude and I'm like what's wrong and he's like I'm afraid of the fucking recoil <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what he's like yeah I think I closed my eyes when I shoot I was like are you fucking serious man but yeah it's a it's a real thing and um you know I guess it can affect anybody oh yeah well and you look at um you know just for simple like examples I've talked about it a bunch when Broderick killed that deer in Alberta. When I watched him put his fingers on the string, I knew that deer was going to die that day. He was not shaking. He was calm, collected. He did not – he was not freaking the fuck out at all. Ice I mean, veins. You, you, there might as well have been a little bunny rabbit in front of him because that – and I'm like – and me being on enough hunts with enough guys, I was like, oh, we're good, right? He's That fucking deer's dead as shit, and it, and it was. Now, other people I've watched shoot animals – look like a full-on seizure, right? <laughs> Can't remember what, where'd you hit it? I think I hit it in the, you know, in the neck. 
You hit an ass, man. That's six feet from the neck. I'm, I can't remember anything. Forget to look through their peep site. Total spas. Okay. So, I mean, one of the things, what makes, okay. So if, if it was the bow going off or whatever, I don't, I don't buy into that with everyone. Some people a hundred percent, but it is, in my opinion, the biggest problem is what happens. What in your mind have you built up after the bow goes off? Meaning, if you have made in practice 50 perfect shots and then pick someone to walk up, Tim Gillingham walks up right beside you or or um, Levi Morgan, and then your 61st shot goes to shit, it wasn't all of a sudden recoil affected you. It wasn't the bow going off. It was the fact in your mind you have to perform better than you were because that person is beside you. And then your mind goes to shit, just mush. Same thing can be said at you shot seven does and smoked them all. And then a 180 buck comes in or a 160 buck and you go to mush. That was your breaking point, that deer, that, that is what, and then how do you control that? How do you get a handle on that? Some people, killers comes naturally. Um, I don't think that, you know, if you're good at making cognitive decisions in life and if you're good at making cognitive decisions on the 3D course and things like that, I think you have a way bigger step ahead of someone that can't make decisions. Um, meaning, I was just talking to Joel about this this morning to make sure I didn't misspeak on some stuff, talking about the clicker. He's like, when do you fire when the click, you know, how off, How quick do you fire after the clicker goes off? I was like, I don't know, 90% of the time, 80%, whatever it is, I fire it right off. Sometimes it clicks. I'm not at where I want to be, so I keep pulling through it, and then I hold or I keep I hold tension, and then I'll let it go. I said other times there was like that sheep I shot a ten on downhill. It was a mm-hmm. ama- it was a good shot. It was 32 yards steep downhill angle off of cliffs. I think it didn't click at all. I held. I couldn't get the clicker to go off. I felt confident in the shot, and I made I made a, a conscious choice to fire before the clicker went off. Now. Some guys are going to do that without a conscious choice. Now, there was one shot in that in 40 targets that I just went to shit that I know I was pulling and pulling and pulling. And in my mind, I was like, I need to let this shot down. The clicker went off and I went ahead and fired. Was it laziness or target panic or whatever? There was one shot that I just was like, Jesus. Now, the arrow ended up hitting pretty good. I shot an eight. But in my mind, I'm like, okay. What the fuck caused that to happen? Why did I do that? Now, one, I know for a fact was because my arrow, when that thing clicked, was where I wanted to be, my point. It was a 40-yard shot, and I thought, man, I better let it go now because it could get worse in the wind and everything else. But in, in truth, I should have let that arrow down. Now, I've watched you a few times knowing in my mind to let down, and I asked you this morning, and you don't let down. Why aren't you letting down sometimes? I think it's just probably it's a, a bit of fuck, fucking pride, I guess. You, <laughs> you just think that you can do it and you're like, yeah, I could either let down or I can just 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 shoot it, just send it. And uh, I think I'll do all right. But that's that could be the difference between an eight and a 10 or a 10 and a 12 or, or depending on how guts far it and is. A liver, liver and a lung. Yeah, exactly. So now I know you don't have any issue with killing shit at all, but there are times um, – now, I haven't happened in, had it happen in a long time with a compound to the point I can't hardly – an antelope once I remember going full on spaz 
shot, thought I hit a different antelope than I actually hit. I'm watching the wrong antelope. The other one falls over dead. I'm like, what the fuck just happened, right? And turns out I'm watching a doe running off that I thought I shot at, but I actually shot at the right animal, hit the right animal. But I was so fucked up, I watched the doe run <laughs> off. And so, give you an idea, like it it happens. Now, that was in the 90s, um, late 90s. And I got target panic after that shortly, probably in 99, 2000, got a handle on that quickly. And the one thing I realized when uh, under pressure shots in tournaments, under pressure in um, hunting situations, and I've told you about it, your left hand, you'll probably grip the bow more. You'll press your nose more into the string. You're going to do things that you don't naturally do under calm situations. What is it going to take to keep myself calm when animals are in front of me or when, um, you know, money's on the line, whatever. Now, one, it's think, just do it a shitload. Go yeah, ahead. that's what I was going to say. Do you think having a routine or, you know, when you practice, they always say practice makes perfect, but then people say, no, that's not true. Perfect, perfect practice. practice makes perfect. Yeah. So if you're consistent in everything you do, at least for me, I feel like that helps because, you know, if I'm drawn back on an animal, I'm I'm anchoring and I'm checking my level. Yeah. And then I... I I perform the shot or whatever, but I think have just that shit just comes second nature because we shoot so often. Yep. So I think just for me at least having that routine and going through those steps kind of calms you down a little bit. Yeah. And then it it, it gives you that thought process to make the well, shot. One thing like I know that Joel does is he does a lot of I can't say a lot, but. One of the reasons I'll never go to one of Joel's school is I don't like people touching me. And I'll break his <laughs> fucking arm if he starts thumping me in the ear. I don't need that, right? That doesn't – okay, so that to me doesn't make much sense. I, get, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to distract you, but realistically, are you going to go fucking get tapped in the nuts when you're shooting? I, I, in his defense, there is certain things he is trying to get you off of your game, right? But in, in – Wouldn't – okay, so all right, let me say this. Sorry to interrupt you. If that shit happened, I would fucking let down. Well, and I think what he's trying to prove, and I don't know how much he's touching you or flicking you in the ear or whatever, but there is a a time and a place for that. I'm all for, and I've told Tom Clum, if you see me pluck the string, you can punch me in the fucking liver as hard as you want, and I will respond well to that. But I have trust in Tom yeah. Clum, right? And I respond well to that type of punishment, meaning the way that – Maybe I was raised or whatever else. Like if you just say, oh, you didn't do a great job. Yeah, that shit don't work with me. I need smacked, right? I need you fucked up and that's how I work. Now you, you can tune out people. You tune me out all day long. You can tune out somebody talking to you. I think you need to get hit sometimes too <laughs> because I don't think you'll listen until there's a. Oh, uh, probably. Well, you didn't really, and the light didn't pop on until I gave you the analogy of I've got a coffee cup in my hand right now. I just drank some dark timber coffee. This is also brought to you by them. Not just fuck me. Um, <laughs> we like to talk shit about sponsors, just making jokes. Although I do love me some dark timber Colombian primo. Um, if I drop a quarter into this cup from three feet above it and I just say do it a hundred times in a row, if I don't have any money on the line, I'm probably going to get like really like. You probably won't give a shit. Yeah, I'm probably 30 like, why times the fuck into am I doing it, this? Yeah. I'm going to. Fuck it off, right? I'm just not going to do it. Well, if somebody said $100,000, you did that 100 times in a row. 
you're going to pay attention. Right. That type of concentration is what you need to put into your shot every time to be competitive in a tournament as well as hunting. You need in that much effort as well as into your practice and everything else. Now, again, these are my own views. I'm not a world champion. I've done well at shooting animals and I've done well at local um, and sectional tournaments. And I can shoot with just about anyone with a compound I'm thinking I might be able to with a recurve. And Frank, you're getting to that point too, where you can walk just about anywhere and not be embarrassed. You can place well. A lot of what that is, is obviously the bows are dialed, tuning, good equipment. But I think what is with you is you, me, pestering you in the ear all the time about concentration because you can shoot, but your concentration would go to shit sometimes. Like you said, pride, whatever. And we all go through it. And again, it's not like I popped out of the womb knowing all of this. This is from a lot of fucking missed targets, wounded animals, just dumb shit in the beginning of the career or whatever you want to call it. So as we're diving into all of this, what are you? what is each individual going to need to do to not shit their pants and have everything go to hell in a handbasket? That sounded expensive. Just kidding. Frank's going to go ahead and talk for a second. I'm going to go see what's going on. <laughs> I think on. it was the cleaning people. Go ahead. What were we talking about? Well, what it's going to take for each person, is it going to be catching features is what I like to call them. You know, in, in, in the case of a, um, you know, a compound, the, the peep site, right? The peep site, lining think, it up with the housing. But some people forget to even do that. So I think shitting your pants, I think you have to do it a few times just to know what causes you to shit your pants or what what's going to, like you're saying, yeah, not what's going to, what's going to fail for your shot or whatever. Yeah. Where your breaking point is. Exactly. What, where your point break is. Point break? Like, like <laughs> <on> reefs? <laughs> no shit. Oh, uh, um, so... <laughs> One thing Mr. I can Anderson. one thing I can think of is uh, one of the first years I went bow hunting, I picked up um, a list C or a list B doe whitetail tag. And I was sitting, I was sitting near this oak tree, kind of in this patch, patch of dead branches and shit. And uh, I had an arrow knock, and I was just, I was just hanging out, and a fucking coyote comes down the trail. And I always used to put my finger on my arrow and hold it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I fucking go to draw on this coyote, and I left my finger on the shelf. And I fucking pulled the arrow right off the fucking string. <laughs> well, and uh, that was just, I think it was a, I mean, at that time, you know, I wasn't fucking super serious about archery. I just, I'd shoot every once in a while. And um, I just fucking didn't think about just normally drawing your bow or whatever and going through a, a shot process. I fucking kept my finger on the thing and fucking plucked this, the arrow right off the, off the string. And the coyote saw me and took off. I was like, fuck just so, happened. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> so I think just having those types of experiences help understand w- what you need. And for me, I think for me personally, it's just consistency and having a routine. No, and I, I agree with that. And that's something that Joel talks about a bunch. And, and I'm not bringing up knock on TV too much because I don't watch a ton of Dudley stuff. I just know he knows what he's doing. And I send people to, I mean, in my opinion, Knock On is a form mechanics coach, and right. Joel is a uh, a brain coach. Um, you know, you look at Tom Clum; he's a brain coach and a a uh, and a mechanics coach. Um, I what I I personally think uh, Jerry Rose, who who's out of I think Missouri or Illinois, I guess. When I first started shooting, Jerry was a guy that taught me how to shoot. One of the guys that taught me how to shoot, but 
I always shot better when Jerry was around, just like a comfort blanket. He could talk me. He could calm me down when I would get, you know, irate a bit or, you know, he, he was just now I was able to beat Jerry for relatively quickly till I got to a point where I could beat him shooting. But I always liked him around because he could calm me down. Now, th- these are local, big local. He was like, you were like uh, you were like Happy Gilmore and he was like Chubbs. Like Bagger Fance and he was Will Smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And Tom Clum is like that with me now. In fact, anytime, even if I'm not shooting good or I am shooting good, it is always nice to go over and spend 10, 15 minutes just shooting around Tom and talking. Now, when you talk about coaching, um, there are going to be some coaches that can get you to, in my opinion anyway, get you over that mental hump by helping your mechanics because you're having more confidence in your mechanics and that confidence transfers over to when an animal's in front of you. Some people are a mental fucking wreck and a horrible with mechanics and no coaching unless you get your own self right will help. It'll help a little. Get and right with Jesus. Yeah. You too, mother. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? That in the sense of you need to um, get your own mental self right and then start following a, a, a mental process or a control process shooting like Joel teaches. Now, bouncing around a little bit here, but if you are a person that blacks out um, when animals are in front of you and you can't remember anything – I have not had that happen in a long, long, long time. I don't know if I've ever had it happen totally. The only one time I can think of that antelope situation got a little squirrely on me. But if you're that type of person, um, one thing Joel asked me before I really knew him or anything else was, do you talk to yourself when animals come in? And I'm like, huh? And he's like, do you have a mantra? And I'm a fucking redneck mantra. What do you? And he's like, "What do you say when animals come in?" And I have always, for a long time, said the same thing in a rhythm. And I was like, "Yeah, I have this saying. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think about you know, it's not exact every time, pretty close." And I said, "It's always calmed me down." And in his opinion, everyone he knows um, that is that's a killer has that to keep them under control. And he explains it in great depth, much better than I can. Whatever it takes for each person to stay mentally controlled, I think if it's a, if it's a, I don't give a fuck if it's a nursery rhyme, start singing cat the hat to yourself. I don't <laughs> give a shit if it keeps you under control. Now, you do better when the animals are in front of you immediate, if I remember correctly. I like it to be quick, yeah. I, on the other hand, I do much better. There's an initial adrenaline rush for me and it goes down well, we just watched, I just watched that moose video. Mm-hmm. Brian's adrenaline is through the roof. I just smoked a giant moose. You couldn't tell that my heart rate got above 110. You know, I was like, that was pretty cool. I don't get super, you know, some guy's Randy cooling. Um, he, he loses. He said he's fine up until he shoots it. And then after the animal, the arrow goes through the animal, he just loses yeah, just control. Yeah, a little shaky. Yeah. I don't really get shaky before or or after and that's not like a a bragging thing one of the thing that's nice with the recurve for me is it does give me a lot more adrenaline than I had with the compound probably because it's more of a sure thing um now <clears throat> i have seen people do some dumb shit right like dumb like eject three live rounds 
Yeah, I've, an heard animal. I've heard of that, yeah. Bart at Lancaster had a video, a guy ejected two live rounds with a grizzly coming in. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And what is that? All right. Well, obviously, your brain is not working correctly. Your heart rate shoots above 160, 170 without movement, right? Adrenaline's coming in and you're not controlling your shot. Now, one thing you'll notice, and just watching this moose video, chase after the moose, I put a round in it, we run down to make sure it's dead. The moment I look over and it's dead, I manually take the bolt back, take the to round out of the chamber, it's out of the pipe, put it back downstairs. How many times do you watch I don't know how many times I've said, stop fucking flagging me and get that round out of the chamber right now. Because, and I'm not trying to be an a-hole, but I don't want to get shot. Guy puts a round in an animal. He's lost his mind. Still a live round. Weapon's not on safe. Fucking throwing the gun around. Let's take some photos. Fucking barrel pointing right at my head. Live round in the gun. That's mental control. You're not in charge of that moment yourself. Would you agree? Yeah, I think... One thing I've I've tried to work on in the last few years is after shooting something and it doesn't die right there, you know, so like because I did a lot of gun hunting and stuff, looking where it goes. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that a ton of people don't even fucking think about. And then when it comes down to tracking something, you're like, where the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. So yeah, I've I've been working on that a lot in the last few years. Just just before celebrating or getting too fucking amped up. Look at where the animal ran to because you're going to have to track it down. You're going to have to find it. So I think that's huge, and I think that's something that's hugely overlooked. And that's mental control too. And even on the stock, how many times on a stock, including me, I'm going to raise my hand, do you know you should slow down, sit, and something in your mind says keep moving forward and you can't control it? No different than a shot in my opinion. Now – The recurve will fix that or you will go hungry because you cannot push the issue or I cannot like I could with with a compound. Um, That's my quality H2O, folks. Um, (laughs) What is that there? Is that a Yeti? That's an Otterbox. This is an Otterbox. Big ass drink. That's a big cooler thingy dingy. Um, What do they call those growlers maybe? I just took a growler. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a growler. This thing's been awesome. It's falling out out of the truck. She's got some whiskey dents. but when you talked about how many times have you been calling for a guy or, I mean, and everybody can relate to this. Bow goes off, you come up, what happened? You're getting sketchy info at best. <laughs> I think I made a good uh, shot. I think it ran this way. I think I was standing over here. Right there, that is 50-50 credible fucking info at best because how many times have you heard – Man, I shot it in the lungs. And you get up there and it's like a gut shot almost back in the high hams, right? Like, well, your mind sees things and everything else. And one thing that that I 100% agree with on Frank, guys that know exactly what happened when you walk up to them, they had good mental control during the shot, right? They knew where the animal went. Like, that. remember that um, put your, you know, don't lose your crap rock thing I did with Brian where when you're breaking down an animal after the shot, I put everything on a rock yeah. so you don't lose it. 
That adrenaline doesn't just go away. People do. How many times he going to lost GPSs, fucking knives, can't find their pack, lost their weapon. You lose total mental control. So one of the things I started doing after the animal was putting everything on a rock when we're breaking it down so you don't lose it. The other thing, too, is immediately I after I shoot an animal, unless I am confident that it's, you know, if I watch it fall, right there I start kicking a gra- thing in the the dirt and I'll pile up logs or put something, a, a noticeable uh, marking so we know where I was standing. Yeah. I walk straight to where the animal was standing and I hang a ribbon. Because you do your brand, your mind plays tricks on you. That's all being in control of the moment as well. So let's break it down a little bit more. When you when you're at full draw, and you're um, there's going to be some people. The the first building block to success is your um, uh, your building blocks of your shot or your. I'm having a brain fart here, but basically your your how you your footing how you draw your anchor your shot sequence like that's going to be a big one and repeatability of that you're good at that you do the same thing every time now you watch a guy on the line draws back 14 different ways luke sky drawer right drawing up the sky (laughs) sometimes he's drawn flat yeah that's bad so once you get that you know your anchor is correct you you're 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 drawing the same way and your shot sequence is exact every time Okay, now you're at full draw, and let's say you don't have target panic normally. There's going to be a point for everyone that they're going to get some form of target panic probably for most people. Now, that could be on a 3D target or a paper target or an animal. The ability to let down. How many times how many times do you guys see let people see, see people let down? Never. That is a extreme lack of control in their shot. Now, for me, well, you see me let down all the time, but I mean, not all the time, but I let down a frequent amount. But yeah, like people we shoot with, never. never. You don't ever seem to do it. Well, and the thing is, is if you want to see if a guy has what type of target panic he has, say, all right, go to full draw and aim at the target. All right, let down. A lot of people, check your buddies, everyone, they may not be able to let down. (laughs) Some people just cannot not Uh, shoot. Yeah. Some of it's pride, whatever. So being able, and I preach to people, just let it down sometimes. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a feeling good, let it down to let yourself know you can let it down. Um, One of the things that I did is I used to carry a bunch of different releases, identical. One of them wouldn't go off. And this was when I got target panic to get over it. And it was just, now I've done that to people and they've let the fucking release go, right? (laughs) That's how bad their target panic is. Oh, this won't go off? I'll get it to go. Yeah. I'll just let her out of my hand. Um, being able to let down. That's a big one. Um, once you get to where you can control the shot, you know you can let down when need be. Something's not going right. The next thing is going to be being able to do that under an extreme amount of pressure. Whether it be letting down or just getting a hold of yourself in general. Now, when an animal comes in for me... Um, most of the time, not always, I'm doing everything exactly the same and I'm in, in the conscious moment. I know I'm making conscious decisions. I'm trying to think, well, one that didn't work out, that deer I shot in the butt in Alabama. Mm-hmm. That deer took 15 minutes to go 45 yards. I was making conscious decisions, meaning 
grabbing the bow slowly, coming whatever. Now go to full draw and I get to anchor and I'm trying to pull through my back tension, you know, trying to execute good back tension, keep tension on the shot. Now, did I screw something up in there or whatever? Did he move? I know the boat, the, the, the deer jolted forward, but I was making conscious decisions the entire time. Now, rewind three days to where that first animal came in. He came in so fast. I made conscious decisions somewhat, but I did not have total mental control. That was the first whitetail I'd shot at, first whitetail buck, first animal in a year and a half with a recurve. I kind of went to shit, guessed the yardage real quick, shot, shot low. And and if I would have made more mental, if I would have had more mental control, I probably would have, okay, that he's here, that's the distance, whatever, whatever. I made quick decisions, right? But I didn't make great decisions and it was a big buck. Now, what's something with you where that's happened, where something came in and where you just lost your shit, where you can look back and be like, wow, whether you killed it or not, there's going to be times each person's going to look back and think, fuck, I should have done this different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what I was telling you earlier, um, this last buck I killed in Colorado, um, I had gotten above it in its bed. It, it was bedded down in a, a patch of trees that was kind of facing straight away from me, just kind of like a line of trees. And I was expecting it to come out on the left side, and then I I kind of repositioned, and I looked back, and it was already out feeding on the right side, and I ranged it, and it was like 35 yards, and I drew back, and I felt myself like just this urge to punch the trigger. And I even jerked my left arm a little bit, and I didn't punch the trigger, and I kind of re reset. I didn't let down, but I reset up, took my time, and then kind of, you know, just went through with my normal shot process. I had a good shot, but just thinking about that, and I told you about that um, earlier, you know, last year when it happened, that just I, I did have that urge to punch the trigger, and I almost fucked that up because I, w- I probably would have um, torqued my bow and probably shot over it or done something weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I can think of, I guess. Right, and uh, I mean – the, the ability to be able to get a hand, hold of yourself in the middle of a shot is a big deal, meaning not just letting her rip tater chip and, and being able to stop from, from punching the trigger or whatever um, the case may be. And that's where someone like, like a Broderick or a Herald where they may be a horrible shot or, or not horrible. I mean, Brian's a good shot, but they may not be the best tournament shot. But they, in the case of like... Harold and Brian um, have shot so many animals that they can make a very conscious decision in the moment and not have the adrenaline get in their way of of maybe making a, a, a mistake. Now, where does that play in with all you listeners? I would say one of the reasons we're having this podcast, the main reason is the overwhelming amount of questions that I've had concerning some of the stuff of what Joel said some questions that pertain to what Joel has said, some questions that pertain to where Tom Clum can help you or John Dudley of you may have mechanics problems, you may have mental control problems, you may have both. And some of the questions I'm not going to be able to fix on an email, right? You're just not. I can give you some advice. But if you have target panic that bad, if you literally cannot aim at the target and fire, you need to see help and um it's kind of like alcoholism 
the first step to target panic is admitting you got it to 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 get over it. And you can fuck around and get target panic by one of the reasons I don't want to go see Joel is I think I might get it from being around him. He starts touching me and shit. I might get target panic from that. It's like what did, what did Matt <laughs> Davis say? It's like Voldemort. Just don't say its name. Yeah. Right. Don't talk about it. Other people, it's ingrained in their body. They may already have it. They may be naturally susceptible to it, like altitude sickness. Right. They're they're Fuck not. You. <laughs> you don't have target panic. Um. So. What I, I guess I'm getting at is if you're listening to this and if you have problem with the pin hanging below the target, if you can't aim, if you have mechanics problems, all of these different things, if you black out in front of an animal, I would start looking at, um, you know, the 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 system, I guess you could say. the uh, If you're a mental head case, you should probably go talk to Joel Turner um, and, and get your shit dialed. If you're a mechanics head case... Uh, especially with a, a compound, go see John Dudley. Talk to him, knock on TV, watch what he does. Now, when it comes to the my coach, Chom Clum Sr., um, he's a great mechanics coach, and that's someone that I think he's going to be able to help you mentally, but him and Joel are kind of partnered up. Mechanics um, are a huge problem as well as mental, where Tom's going to be able to help you with mechanics, with a recurve especially, um, you know, and then you'd look at like Phil Mendoza, he's got his alpha bow hunting thing, for example. One of the things like if you look at Phil, what Phil can do, uh, he has been through target panic. He's talked about it a lot, firing arrows up into the, you know, wood above the target and looking <laughs> at his release, pretending like it broke. Guys like that can help you out a lot. A lot of times I forget to mention Phil because he I just wrote don't. He wrote a book about buck fever. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean – Talking to guys like that, seek some help. So whether it be uh, Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear with Tom Clum, you know, that's going to be a guy that can help guys with mechanics as well as the mental game with traditional archery. Phil Mendoza, alpha bow hunting, he's going to be a huge help with guys with a compound. If you're a, a head case, the only game in town right now or the best games, probably Joel Turner. Now, I don't agree with everything Joel says, but for the most part, um, he's going to be able to help you out a lot. To, so go see the the shot IQ, the controlled process shooting. He's going to be able to help get you dialed in more. And then mechanics-wise on a compound is also John Dudley. That guy's going to be able to help a ton. I think that, uh, well, I mean, everybody learns differently. So I, it wouldn't be a bad idea if you wanted the help to look into all those guys and see whose style fits your style the best. Also, just just for the pure fact that people learn differently and especially that so no for sure uh the big ginger's messaging us right now um he really wants to kill them pigs doesn't he oh yeah i'm messaging him he's cussing at us on podcast you ginger midget he's actually not a midget um i think his podcast gets released today so Again, you're probably not learning a ton from this other than if you have some of these issues, see some of these people. And again, like if it's if it's as simple as you're a great shot, you don't have any problem until an animal comes in, that's mental, right? If you just pluck the stream constantly, but you're good at killing, that's mechanics. Go see Tom Clum. If you're a compound guy and you're having real trouble with inconsistencies, but you're fine when an animal's run you, go see uh, Phil Mendoza or John Dudley to help you out with that. There's going to be um, 
someone that can help you out there. And and I'm not going to, but one, I don't have time Two, I can't help you as much out on an email. You know, once you get your stuff dialed in, um, you know, as far as your, your arrow set up, your bow tuned, all that draw links, correct. And you're still having some issues with, with punching the trigger and all that. If you cannot stop the process of shooting that bow, meaning you can't stop your trigger, your finger from if you can't stop from going full semi-automatic. Yeah, if you can't stop from going full send, you've got some mental control issues. So I don't have a ton to add above and beyond that. It's just this was something I kept getting emails over and over and over and messages about it. So I figured we'd do a podcast on it. <clears throat> you, should have, uh, you should have sent him a message through your mind since you're bald now. You right, have those, X-Men. those X-Men mind tricks, the mind control. I know, right? Well, if that was the case, I would have had Wolverine beat up Master Splinter. <laughs> but I wasn't bald then. I'm bald because of Master uh, Splinter. I want to know if everybody thinks that Luke is the uh, Brown Martin Lawrence. He is kind of funny. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that look to him. Yeah. No uh, good lord. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, hopefully, you get a little bit out of this, and definitely check out those different people we've mentioned if you're having some issues. Okay. Bye.